Insiders podcast. My name is Victoria Jones and I'm in the business of empowering people to become successful business leaders and influencers. Through this podcast, I want to equip you with the knowledge and inspiration needed to take your own business to the next level, build your brand and fast track your entrepreneurial journey. I'll be interviewing the world's most successful business leaders, innovators and influencers. We'll delve deep into how they kick-started their business, the tips they've learned along the way, and reveal what it takes to succeed. Today, I'm interviewing Guy Turland, founder and creator of Bondi Harvest, which is a food and lifestyle community that's all about living well and finding the perfect balance. Bondi Harvest was established on Bondi Beach in 2013 as a cooking show on YouTube by Chef Guy and filmmaker Mark Alston. They wanted to show people how easy it can be to make better food choices without substituting on flavour and still having time to go for a surf. They've built a loyal and engaged following and now have over 77,000 subscribers to their YouTube channel and have expanded the brand overseas. Bondi Harvest is now a cafe in Santa Monica in the States, a cookbook and a globally successful TV series. So we're super excited to have Guy on the show here today to hear how he's built his following and become an influencer in the true sense of the word, changing how people eat for the better and helping them to make healthier food choices. Thank you for having me. It's so funny hearing you kind of work life or life rolled out in front of you it's like oh, a little bit of a tingle going <laughs> yeah, on yeah that's quite nice <laughs> yeah it must feel you good. can follow me around in every meeting i go to <laughs> <laughs> yeah introduce you like that every that's time right. every, every room i walk into <laughs> you've become a bit of a wanker if that's how you <laughs> yeah that's right like oh this guy's turned up again i just wanted a beer <laughs> yeah um well it's fitting today that we're doing the interview in bondi beach absolutely it's, um wild and wet today not the kind of postcard images that we'd usually see is it no not the postcard image but definitely i think just as beautiful yeah i love bondi in all its different um forms yeah i kind of it's it's funny i think when it gets crazy sort of windy and surf bondi becomes more peaceful if that makes sense people disappear seriously yeah you kind of it's amazing how a the busiest beach in the world with a bit of rain and a few waves can suddenly become a country town where no one's around. Yeah, it's weird. I almost feel like the locals even hibernate. Yeah. You go and get a coffee and there's no one around. Yeah, yeah you're like, where is everyone? Yeah. <laughs> it's nice. Well, it's nice and cosy in here. Yeah. Um, so talking of Bondi, how did you come up with the name Bondi Harvest? How did it all start? Well, I mean, the whole brand started with... Um, my mate and business partner, Mark Alston, kind of approaching me for a TV show concept that he had. Um, and we did a test shoot and he was like, my idea is really shit and I really like your life, which is just like surfing and cooking and living healthy and, and let's create a brand and, and a show around, you know, that ethos of sustainability and, and you know, living the best of you without the extremist view on life. Um, which kind of fittingly came together with Bondi Harvest. So, yeah, the name just kind of rolled off the tongue and, and yeah, just continued onwards. And that's always been your lifestyle. Did you grow up in Bondi? No, I grew up in Barrel, so I grew up in the country. Um, yeah. But I moved to Bondi straight after school, so I was 17. I moved out at home. I knew I wanted to be a chef, and I started my apprenticeship. Um, I always loved the ocean, I've always kind of surfed and played water polo and, and that has always been my, um, my outlet 
in life. My, my, that's how I find balance. Um, yeah. So I knew that moving out of home, um, you know, it had to be next to the coast and I knew the opportunities were in Sydney. So Bondi was a, an easy pick. Yeah. And then the food element that came, you know, obviously you're into whole food recipes yeah. and, and eating well. When, how did that all come about? I was lucky. I mean, for me, healthy eating, um, you know, uh, living an active life, it wasn't, it wasn't something that turned up at a later stage in my life. It was never a, a fad. It was integrated. Like really, as I grew up, it was in my life since I remember. Mum was a marathon runner, so like food wasn't fashionable. Food wasn't tasty. Food was fuel. Um, you know, being active was was what you did. We were told not to do homework, but to get outside and climb a tree and to to get into oh, trouble. So many kids need to be told they that do. these days. Yeah, they really do. So I mean, for me, I suppose I call it my food DNA. Uh, it, it's it's that mix of like, well, I've been, I grew up in. Uh, a professional athletes sort of family so I was taught that food was fuel uh, what you eat is what you get out but then I went and did fine dining sort of chef training which is complete opposite where it's all about fat it's all about sugar it's all about flavor so you put them together and suddenly you have this food DNA of well um, you know food flavor deliciousness comes first but it just happens to be healthy because let's be honest like we 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 eat delicious food that's what we want that's what we crave um you know and that can be healthy so the, the health aspect is like the second it's kind of the the, the perk on top i yeah. suppose for me it's like god that is a tasty delicious meal and it's good for me yeah you know, i think if you do it the other way around you suddenly scare a lot of people away you know if you think of health food you think of you know you've only got like a small target audience of people that are actually in that realm but if it's just like this is delicious food yeah you going, think of limiting like people think diet and yeah i'm gonna have to deprive myself it's, of something gotta be flavor first it's gonna yeah. taste delicious it's gonna look amazing and then oh god that's tasty for me as well and suddenly you turn the food well on its head where people are like i want to eat yeah you know i want to cook it's not oh i've got to eat more Whatever or, it might yeah. be. <laughs> well, you were one of the first people that sort of started that trend and that movement for healthy food being super delicious. Like yeah. before, I'm sure I remember you know people saying healthy, and you would automatically think, oh, it's going to be bland and yeah. tasteless. Yeah, yeah. But now people are bec- are coming around to the fact that. Yeah, I think it's it's, a, it's an exciting time in the food world where I mean, there's obviously a big push for. Whole foods, veganism, vegetarianism, um, and, and as, as a chef, that really challenges you. Like it, it, it makes you look at ingredients in food in a different way, um, which is which is really amazing. So, like, I mean, now we've got cauliflower rice, we've got cauliflower steak, we've got whole roasted cauliflower, we've got cauliflower schnitzels, we've got cau- you know, like it's, yeah. back in the day, it probably ten years ago, cauliflower was like. <laughs> It was cauliflower cheese. Yeah, right. It was. It was. <laughs> my mum's is just. There was no creativity. You didn't go to a supermarket and look at a cauliflower or a sweet potato and go, "Oh, look at all the possibilities." Yeah. You're yeah. Like, now oh, there's sweet, sweet potato, potato toast. Yeah. yeah. Right. No. I crazy. think that's an amazing. I don't know. It's an amazing place to be in the food Forces world. Forces you to be creative, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And why do you believe more people should be eating whole foods? I think. I think whole foods and foods that aren't processed simply good for your your body like it, it's, it's that simple it's natural it's made from natural things it's come from the earth just like we have so it sustains your body it's good for your mind and your soul and, and everything else i think as soon as 
humans start to pull things apart and put them back together and, and package and brand them as certain things and it, there's a lot of room for error. Yeah. I don't think we're as smart as we think we are, but I know, and in its simplest form, I know if you just go, oh, that's a natural ingredient, it's going to be good for you. Like it's, it's that simple. Whether yeah, it's you, getting back to basics, isn't it? Whether it's, whether it's a, a vegetarian product or a meat product, it doesn't matter. As long as it's as natural as possible, it's been loved, it's been looked after, it's been harvested in the right way, it's going to be good for your body. It's going to be good for your mind. Yeah. And the beach lifestyle obviously lends itself very well to healthy eating. Yeah. Have you, how have you expanded the brand you know, across Australia and then overseas? What has been... I think our driving force for expanding the brand has definitely been through social media. So um, Mark, my business partner, is in production um, and I'm a chef and a host, which means we can use both of our skill sets to create video content, to share it out online and to build a global audience because obviously the web's global, right? So straight away you've got a global captive audience that, that are into what you do, which means you can make a positive impact on their lives and you can educate them in a positive way. Um, and I think the Aussie lifestyle and living next to the ocean is is a way of doing it that is not intimidating. It's it's approachable. Yeah, which means, people can relate to it. Yeah, which is so important, um, which I think that's kind of been a major part of what we've done is try to strip back the intimidation with food and healthy eating and just to put it out on the table in a place that is um, safe and acceptable where people go, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, because you often film the videos like, on a you know on a rock in Bondi yeah. or you know not before it was like high production values in a yeah. studio yeah. it was a little bit clinical and so I think clinical. that people really relate to that it, it, it's um, it's so authentic. true I mean for so long food shows especially have all been that perfect kitchen where nothing goes wrong yeah you know the light is amazing there's a whole bunch of people behind the scenes prepping and weighing and getting everything ready and and that in itself is intimidating to watch it's intimidating and near impossible to go oh I can do that I was like no you, you can't you don't have the team you don't you <laughs> yeah, know exactly. like you've got to do all that yourself yeah but if it's literally a barbecue on the beach with a couple of simple ingredients and it's like look I'm doing this in the middle of nowhere take it home to your kitchen it'll be twice as easy people get that they relate to that yeah and is that how you think you've grown um because you've grown in quite a short space of time, really, you know, yeah. 77,000 subscribers. Yeah. Um, and your Instagram, you have over 50,000. Yeah. yeah. I think you've really... Did you have a strategy behind it? Like, we're going to target this particular type of person? I wish we, I wish we had more of a strategy. Um, I, I think... I mean, we had goals and a direction to which we wanted to head. Uh, we didn't really know how we were going to get there. We kind of leveraged off opportunity from one to the next to the next. What was your goal at the end, your, sort of your mission? The first goal was to, well, one, just to create a global brand um, yeah. that could represent Australia and to kind of educate and make a positive influence on people's life. Um, we obviously, on the, on the content point of view, we, we knew we wanted a TV show. Um, and on, on my sort of background of, of chefing and rest, like owning restaurants, I knew I wanted cafes. So that were kind of three or four large goals that we really wanted to hit. How we're going to get there, we weren't quite sure. I think um, that's a really good point because um, <coughs> I just actually did a business course in the US and it was very focused that everyone should have a goal or a mission mm. and not be so focused on the how to get there because yeah. people get so caught up in the how am I going to do it, how am I going to yeah. start my business or build my brand. Yeah. And 
and you end up procrastinating. Whereas if yeah. you go right, this is my big vision, yeah. and you just and it's so strong for you, like it's mm. you know comes from your core mm. and your purpose, you you always find a way to make it happen. Completely, and I think like the early stages, you just have to start. Yeah, you just get to start. I mean, that's and that's the hardest thing is actually to start that ball rolling. Were you a bit scared at first? Like you hadn't had any hosting experience, had you? Been I wasn't scared. I've always been a bit of a yes man. So I, uh, I was like, well, I've got a couple of days off a week. What have I got to lose? Why not? Yeah. Let's see where it goes. You know, I couldn't see any downside to doing it. There was only upside. Yeah. Um, and that's just my personality, I think. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you just have to start. If you've got an idea or you're you know, putting your, your big toe in the water to test something out. You just have to just start. And be consistent because I've known, you know, you've yeah. been... consistency is really important. And I think being gentle on yourself and allowing the plan to change is important too. Like, I, I think if the plan is too structured and stringent, then when something goes wrong or doesn't fit inside that plan, it's, it's the end of the world. Yeah. Where if you allow yourself, like life, be a bit fluent... You know, and, and kind of roll with the punches and know that all you can really do is make a decision and choose a direction and stick to it and then make another one. It's, it's yeah. as simple as that. You can't, you can't look back. You can learn from your lessons, but you can never go, oh, but what if I did? Yeah. It's irrelevant. It's it a really good way to be in life. And I think you see that with so many successful entrepreneurs mm. and business yeah. leaders is that they, you know, they have evolved, haven't they? Mm. Their, their ideas change. Yeah. Especially these days, you need to be keeping up especially with yeah. technology it's yeah. just constant um yeah change isn't it yeah it, it is it is constant change um and i think also understanding that you need to prioritize time for yourself as well and do you do that do you, ha- do yeah. you take time out yeah. do you schedule it in or is it uh, part of your lifestyle i don't schedule it in as such but i definitely prioritize it and say that's important just as important as anything else in my work life if not more and I don't feel guilty about it. Yeah. Um, I know that for me to be the best me, I need to do certain things that kind of refills my personal cup, whether that be surfing or rock climbing or running or mountain biking, whatever it might be. I know that, I mean, we all say, well, I don't have enough time to go to the gym or I don't have enough time. It's just like, well, you've got time to watch Netflix. You've got time to play on your phone for an hour. You've got time. Like, you, yeah, we've all got time. time. We just need to prioritise it. And, and go, yeah, that's important. That's more important than the rest of the, the unimportant crap that we yeah. seem to prioritise. <laughs> yeah, not get distracted by... Um, mm. I think the universe sort of tries to sometimes distract you with mm. these, you know, to take you off your... Off your path. Yeah. yeah. And I also think is like, if you are an entrepreneur or if you have big goals and it's, it's, it's kind of coming from you in an internal place, you need to look after that. You need to protect that. And if you're not giving back to yourself then you'll never actually reach that goal yeah very because you're not looking after you and the the goal and the force is you so if you're only working at 15 percent then yeah and you have to enjoy the journey along the way don't you yeah so important yeah and you love what you do don't you i do really i do i do love what i do but again it's work i also when it gets tough i know that it's, that's okay as well, you know. Yeah. That, that just because it's tough, or just because it's hard, or just because I have to do things I don't want to do, you know, that doesn't mean it's bad. It doesn't mean it's negative. It doesn't mean it's it's it. That's just a part of it. 
yeah, it's a part of the journey. We, we, we put weight onto those things to say that they're wrong or negative or bad. They're just part of it. Yeah, you need, you need both. It's like light it's and the yin dark, and the yang. There is yeah. no journey. There is no journey where you will not you'll not bump into those things, right? Yeah. Like even if you go, okay, well, the thing I love to do the most is just surf. So I'm going to become a professional surfer. I guarantee every professional surfer's had time where they've gone, oh shit, this is so tough. Uh, and when did you feel ready to take your brand overseas and expand to the US? Did you have your sights set on the States? We knew that we wanted to have a location, a cafe location in the US market. Um, again, we didn't know how it was going to happen. Uh, we were working with a US company called Taste Made. They're like they're probably the largest online food network in the world. So doing commission series and I was flying back and forth from LA to Sydney. And there was this one cafe location that we kept walking past. And it was a bit of a dive. And, you know, with the founders of Taste Made, we'd always walk past and I'd always go, we're going to take that over one day. You know, you're going to have a bonnet harvest out the front of your office. And then one day we get a phone call from them saying, hey, the owner wants to sell. The lease is ready to take. Do you actually want it? Do you want to make it happen? And I suppose it was one of those moments, like I was saying, just leveraging off making a decision and just going a direction. It was like, sure. Just felt right. Do you listen to your gut quite strongly? Are you like, yeah, yeah, this feels... a, a mix of listening to my gut and also kind of, I think with any business, it's about assessing the marketplace. And, and we knew that there wasn't anything there. There's plenty of offices, there's a school across the road, it already had a pre existing customer base. Um, so, and, and the, the rent was low, staff are low, and it was a good place for us to get into the US market for potential expansion. Uh, so, it just it made sense, and again, it was that similar to starting Bonnet Harvest. It was well, not much to lose, you know. Just time outlaid and work is work. I may as well do it for myself, and you know, what, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. So and did, we, so you didn't have to invest a load of money. Not a lot, no. So it was a pretty low investment, um, and it exceeded all of our expectations. Um, yeah, I've actually been there. I went with my sister because she lives in New York. And yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it just had a really, it was, there was a queue around the block. Yeah, it's and, crazy. And um, everyone was, I was chatting to a girl in the queue and she was like, we just love yeah. the Aussie, the coffee's better. Yeah. Um, it's a funny thing. Like, I mean, I suppose what we're doing is exporting the Australian lifestyle dream and way of mind around the world whether it be through our social outlets or the physical cafes or cookbooks or TV shows, whatever it might be. Um, but Australians do that so well with coffee shops. You know, the, 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 the Aussie cafe culture is world-class. So, uh, and it's so expensive here to run a cafe in Australia. So as an Aussie cafe operator, you go into a different market like the US or the UK and the costs are so much lower. Why is that? Is it staffing? Is Yeah, I mean, staffing's cheap. really expensive. Um, you know, then you've got rents, all your, like, your rent's expensive. You've got outside dining. You've got council pulling your hand out for money. You've got GST. You've got taxes. You've got superannuation. You've got, you know, just it just keeps adding more and more and more. And it's, it's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of situation because I don't want to live anywhere else but here. 
Yeah. We are the luckiest country in the world. We have so many securities because of those, um, you know, those, those taxes and those those wages and, and, and all of that. And I don't want that to change. But as a small business wanting to expand into a global market, the US and the UK just made a lot more financial sense. Yeah. And um, was it hard to start building the brand there? Like, how did you sort of get your first customers on board? And Well, I mean, the, the cafe was the launching pad to launch the whole brand into the US market. So having a physical presence where people could actually come and eat and feel and understand what Bondi Harvest is and stands for is, is, is the best way to then send them home with a cookbook or then send them home to look onto the website or to follow on social. Yeah, make these at home. To or... then understand the whole circle. Yeah. Um, I suppose we're a early stage Jamie Oliver model where uh, I think in this day and age it's not enough unless you have the whole circle, which is a physical presence, which is our cafes, a digital presence, which is, you know, the media, the, the Instagram, the Facebook, which then sends people to the website, which then could be, you know, selling eBooks or whatever it might be or, or blogs or educating people in a, in a more meaningful way, which sends them back to the restaurant. So you've yeah. got that whole kind of symbiotic circle that, which is... I think that's really important. Exhausting because there are yeah. so many different parts. But it is, it is important. Because some people just focus on one. Like I've worked with influencers who just have mm. an Instagram. And yeah. I say, you know, you're at the whim of Facebook and our, uh, Facebook yeah. changing their algorithm or yeah. Instagram. So it's, you know, you've got to have your own blog site mm-hmm. as well, which you own mm. or, you know, look at how yeah. you can. Yeah, because Instagram, you don't own any of it. It's like if it all goes down, then you're, you're, you're totally screwed. I mean, you see it, people's followers drop and their yeah. audience drops. Yeah. So it's like you look at. You, I think looking at that physical side as mm. well, people still want to connect yeah. um, outside yeah. of the digital world, don't Completely, they? Completely, they do. And, and, and we all learn in different ways. So whether it be um, reading a blog and that's how you, you learn about how you can be better or how you can eat better, or whether it is watching a video or whether it be walking into a cafe and tasting healthy food that is delicious and looks amazing. Yeah. You know, and it's that, that breaks the barrier down. I think it's offering all of those outlets to which people can make their own decisions and become better in their own time. And when did you start as well to generate revenue from your um, online audience? Uh, pretty early on, I think because of the, the, the ability to create high quality video content, it means that brands were interested in working with us pretty, pretty quickly. Um, your, your own media, you know, I say to brands, work with um, these influencers. They're their own mini production houses yeah. and yeah. They, they do it so well. They turn it around a lot more quickly yeah. than yeah. some of these more traditional ones and you've got the audience Yeah, too. I mean, and even with that brand influence um, kind of relationship, I've kind of been re-engineering how I want to work with brands and how we want to work with brands and it it needs to be the other way around. It needs to, as an influencer, you need to over-deliver for the brand. You want to make sure they're happy so they come back for more. So I kind of think the first question now is like, what is what is success to you as a brand? Yeah, which is so important. What, what is it? Yeah. Like, do you want a hundred thousand reach? Like, what what do you what do you want? Because then I know what to give you. Because if you want five hundred thousand reach, then let's just agree to give you five hundred thousand reach, and I'll just keep posting until I get that number. Yeah, it doesn't need to be. Like there, there is a win-win. Yeah, set the, the objectives thing, up front. Yeah, like like in a cafe, the worst thing you can do is have a customer walk away and feel unsatisfied and like they got ripped off. Yeah. 
and it's easier for a win-win. If if it's like, oh, you're not happy, you have a, have a free coffee. Yeah. It cost me 30 cents and you walk away feeling great. I think that's a good way to approach it because I know a lot of brand managers I've spoken to have been burnt by mm. these so-called influencers. It's become oh. a little bit of a dirty word it, now. It has. It has. And yeah. I think, you know, they've either bought their followers or they're mm. just wanting a freebie. And, yeah, and or, or their, their algorithms just kind of shot them in the foot somehow, whatever it might be. And I mean, I think it's like any media or digital world that has been the 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 failure for so long is that brands go oh didn't get what I paid for like like whether it be TV you know, yeah you put it add up and you're like well I didn't really get the return on that or you pay for an integration on a television show and you're like oh that didn't really benefit us in the way we wanted it to there needs to be a more upfront conversation and where digital is so powerful is that you can guarantee a certain amount of things whether yeah. it's paid for or whether it's like I'll oh, just keep posting until you get what you're happy with yeah and you can track it I just love the fact you can track mm. to conversions you can be quite granular can't yeah, you yeah yeah and, and that's the way I like to work is to break down that 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 dance of well how much you want to give me or how many posts do you want how many it's just like well just how well, what's your ideal well what is success to you and let's let's make that happen yeah and I think a few brands actually don't know or they haven't really done that yeah. piece they just go oh influencer marketing and they shove some money yeah. at it but actually looking at are you looking for brand event awareness mm. or are you trying to drive conversions yeah. like let's work out what you want first the brand comes back and goes oh can you send me your analytics for the for your posts and like yeah sure but I mean I don't know what I don't know what I'm looking for I don't know if it's good or bad or like you it's it's never it's never put out there in the world yeah and it's like well if you're unhappy with that just let me know and I'll do 10 more yeah exactly <laughs> like it's, not, it's not that big a deal yeah and being flexible like that's important and it also allows then kind of influencers or people with a following or a market to work with brands that they actually believe in and monetize that and continue to work with them yeah and to grow with them well long-term partners as i say it's key because yeah. those sponsored posts just don't work they, they don't really work. don't they don't build trust with the influencers audience no but that's that's a breakdown of the system because i feel that influencers are just trying to monetize their their audience in some way which is fine everyone's got to eat and pay their bills but because the a, a large amount of brands aren't straight up with what they want then the influencer doesn't really get to pick and choose who they work with there because it's just like oh you, you want to work with me sure and just, but if, yeah. if there's a beautiful relationship that's symbiotic where it's like, cool, for this much I'll give you X amount of reach and I'll continue to post until I get that reach, then everyone wins. Yeah. You get paid and you get to work with a brand that is um, that fits well with your audience and what you believe in and the brand gets their outcome. Yeah, they get to target a new audience and it, reach new customers. It's, it's perfect. And doing it in a really creative way. Like, I think it's mm. great if you can work with a brand. Like, you've done a lot with Tourism yeah. Australia, haven't yep. you? Or yep. Tourism and WA. Tourism Western Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah which yeah. must be great because then you're oh. creating this awesome content. They're, they've got some good money to put behind. That's right. And it's... it's it really, I mean, there's nothing better than, than being approached by a brand or approaching a brand that you actually believe in, that you actually love. And you're like... Fucking post for free anyway. Yeah, you know I love I love it. Yes. Well, that's how it should be. That's, that's really it, authentic. Yeah, you know you should be wanting to talk to and proud of like these tourism Australia and tourism Western Australia are perfect examples. It's like Western Australia is the most beautiful place in the world, 
It's like, you want to work together and you want to go to the Kimberleys? <laughs> of course I do. You know, and do you want to post? It's like, well, I was going to post anyway because my mind is blown with how beautiful it is. Yeah. Just like Australia. It's like, well, do you want to go and promote Australia in the US or Chinese market? It's like, yeah, I'm so proud to be Australian. Our food is world class. Our farmers do the best job in the world. Like, sure, I'll be a walking billboard because it's actually what I believe yeah. in. And it's aligned with your values. I know yeah. we work together on the Hempel mm. the hemp brand yep. that we, we both have a share in. And yeah, that, yeah, that's that right. That was um, a really fun one because you yeah. had Lola Berry, who, yep. um, who's going to be a guest on the show, actually. Awesome. She's, she's an soon. absolute legend. And she'll, she'll say the same thing. There's nothing better than working with uh, and, and being an influencer that influences for the right reason. Yeah, exactly yeah that's trying to get their message out to mm. a bigger audience and it can help as well when you work with a brand that also yep. has that audience you're yep. you're both growing together yeah yeah that's right and Hempel's a fine example as well I mean like it's like yeah I mean it's it's a beautiful product it's about time it's become legal in in Australia like yeah. we're so far behind um and and to educate the world that yeah hey look this product is amazing for you it's sustainable, it's good for the environment, there's amazing Aussie farmers growing it, get onto it, is is a real pleasure. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's such a healthy product. I know I have, yeah, Hempel Protein in my yeah. smoothies and then they're now doing a CBD as well, yeah. which um, which yeah. I'm sure will be legal in Australia one day. It's, it, it has to be. It's huge in the US, isn't it? It's I know massive. at Bondi Harvest you serve it in your yes, lattes, CBD don't you? lattes and smoothies and chia puddings and all sorts of things and... I think for anyone who's listening who hasn't heard of CBD, um, it's, yeah, an amazing... Well, you might be better to explain. It's the unpsychoactive part of, of marijuana, so it's an extract. Um, but it's an anti-inflammatory, it's an anti-anxiety. Um, it um, helps with stress levels and relaxation, and it's, it's an amazing product. Um, that all natural, isn't All it? natural, complete, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you've got THC, which is the part that makes you feel fuzzy on the inside and, and have fun and then you've got the CBD which is more of the uh, medicinal um, side or, or the, the medicinal oil that comes from it so we use CBD in lattes and all sorts of things and, and we have officers and businessmen come in and go yeah I'll have a CBD latte or CBD smoothie and it, it, it helps them remove anxiety but also focus on the job at hand yeah. um, which is fantastic in a world we live in anything that is natural that can help remove anxiety is what gets people off the opioids which is a huge crisis in the u.s oh my god it's a massive crisis yeah um but it's it's a it's a fantastic product and it has so many benefits it's it's it it has to has to be legal in australia very soon yeah yeah it will will be i mean it's everywhere else it's 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 available so it just takes time have you noticed big differences with australian and US, I know you have Bondi Harvest USA mm. and then you also have your Bondi Harvest here. Did you, was that an um, intentional decision? Okay, we need to market slightly differently or do different yeah, content? Yeah, I mean, to- you have to address the marketplace and I think going into any new part marketplace, you have to go in without an ego. So, I mean, we could have gone in and gone, no, this is, what, this is who we are, this is how we're doing it, you work with us. But instead we were like, okay, well, we know what... what pillars we want to stand for we know what we want to offer we know where we're not going to compromise but we also need to meet our customer base and the market halfway and start asking well what do you want 
And it's do, is it very different, or how's it slightly it's not, different? Not very different. It's got a little bit more of a Californian slash Mexican twist to the food, yeah. Because that's what's expected, and that's what helps um, Americans or Californians feel comfortable in that location, um, without um, without sacrificing the Australian food vibe. Yeah. So you have to. You have. To that's meet, a good way to, to look at middle. it. Just yeah. tweak it. I mean, with the Chinese, you mentioned that you might be doing yeah, some well, work in China. We, yeah, well, that's that's exactly right. I mean, if we were to open a place in China or even in the UK, again, you'd have to meet the marketplace, especially because our brand ethos is working around the seasons. Uh, the seasons are different. Produce is different. So it'd be mad to be, you know, in the UK and importing avocados from Mexico. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. That, that just goes completely... I mean, as much as we love avocados... It goes against the brand in itself. It's kind of hypocritical almost. Yeah. So you you have to be smart about how you go into it. You have to know what you're willing to budge on, what is the brand identity and what you're trying to portray in the market. But then you also have to be willing, like I said before, to be fluent and to listen to what's there and what people want and then meet in the middle. And has it this whole time, has it been you and Mark driving everything? If, you know, he's... You're 50-50, are you, in the whole Yeah, I mean, harvest? Mark's strength is definitely in the creative side and, you know, media and, and, and that sort of direction um, where I think I've got a, a bit of a different way of working, a bit more of a business mindset. So I've kind of started my first cafe when I was 21. Um, you know, Dad's an amazing businessman as well, so I kind of think growing up that's that feels a, more, a lot more natural for me than going into a corporate job or, you know, that some yeah, people would yeah. think was the norm. That's right, yeah. I mean, I, I like, I do like structure. I like having goals. I like um, kind of tiptoeing around and, uh, and, and and figuring out what the business looks like and where we could go and how we could get there. Um, I don't like just waiting for jobs to come around, you know. I like they to be, never do. You've got to be hustling. Yeah, that's right. I don't, I, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't declare myself as a freelancer. I don't yeah. think I would, it would, it, it, it's just it's too scary for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that's obviously an important point that you've got to surround yourself with the right people when yeah. you're growing your business. Yeah. Um, you mentioned your dad. and do, yeah. you, do you have mentors that have helped you along the way as well? Or yeah. Inspirational people you look to? Definitely. I mean, I think mentors are a really important part of growth. I think having the strength to ask for help is really important. It's often the hardest thing, going, hey, I'm bit lost or I'm out of my depth here and I need help can you lend me a hand or talk to me um, the founders of taste made in the US I'd say they're mentors for sure yeah in the, in the media space we're a phone call away and we're like hey what's the market doing what do we do next where and they're, they're hard businessmen when we're doing business with them but on the other side they're they're um they're really amazing and, and they're willing to help us and give us advice in any way possible, which is which is really, really good because the media and the social media world that we're in is changing so fast. Yeah, you and need you need people that are at the forefront of it. That's right, and they are. I mean, it's all led from the US. It's all led from Silicon Valley. It's all led from... So before something happens, especially in Australia, we often know about it because they've gone, <laughs> oh, hey, we've got this thing coming up. I'm like, oh, excellent. Change our direction just a little <laughs> yeah. bit. Um, yeah, it's great like that. You can go and be, it's good to travel, I think, a lot with business and be yeah. inspired by, yeah. you know, and learn from other countries. I mean, we're far from perfect. We're still figuring our direction out. And I think that comes back down to 
going to yourself, but that's okay. And what are the, some of the challenges you've overcome that have really... Challenges, I mean, any partnership is going to be a challenge, definitely, um, as long as you go into it realising it, it is going to be a challenge because you've got two, two or three or four different individuals with different mindsets and different ways of working and different problems and different family, yeah. you know, like that's, that's how you need to understand that when you go into partnership with anyone. Yeah, um, it's like a marriage, isn't it? It's yeah. The same thing. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, and you need to, I think the biggest thing that I've learned is that when you're starting that process, you need to be very clear and nut out what you want as individuals to make sure that aligns. It's like, what do you want to do? Do you want to build something and sell it in five years? Or do you want to, you know, build something and then step back and put a CEO in place and and, and take money at the end of the day? Or yeah. do you, are you just happy? You just want to, you just want to work. And What's, what is your, I mean, can you share that, your plans for? My plans, what, what do I want? I, I love what I do, so I'll always want to work. Um, as long as what I'm doing is is making a change and allows me to to have that freedom to fill my cup up every day. Oh, that's a really nice point to end on, I think, and I hope um, that's inspired a lot of people to um, yeah to go and fill their cup up or you know start their own business and and yeah, yeah stay true to their values. Absolutely, really important. It's the most important thing. Yeah, um, and lastly, we just end on five quick fire questions yep. um, so whatever comes to your head first is usually the best answer uh, biggest hurdle you've overcome business partnerships a daily habit that helps you stay motivated uh, being active advice to your younger self keep going good habit or skill to develop in business pushing through the hard moments in life because the grass is always greener at the end and lastly, finish this sentence. An influencer is... Someone who should be influencing the world to be better. Brilliant. Thank you, Guy. Pleasure. <laughs> and thanks for listening, everyone. If you want to turn your business dreams into reality and become the go-to expert in your industry, then get in touch to find out about our coaching and business programs. And do subscribe so you can stay tuned for more upcoming interviews and advice from inspirational business leaders, influencers and innovators. Thank you. Thank you.